Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Deciding what the main story for today should be is really tough, to be honest, my friends. But I think we have to start with what's going on in Afghanistan. We have now updated, uh, confirmed reporting that four Marines have died in terror attacks outside of the Kabul airport. This is uh, uh, shocking and devastating. There's reports of over 60 casualties now. A lot of that information came out after I recorded the segment. So, uh, you know, uh, bear with me. But I want to give you that segment so you can at least start there. And we will have a bigger update on Timcast IRL, which is the other podcast where we'll go up the uh, we'll go over all the news from the day. We also have a shocking story. The, the Democrats, uh, for the most part, there are a couple Republicans here, have released a list. All of the communications and documents they're trying to seize in the January 6th investigation, but it includes Trump supporters, Trump activists, people who weren't even in D.C. on January 6th, and, and they want their communications going back to April of 2020. These are dark times, my friends. And to understand just how bad things can get in our last story in Australia, a manhunt is over for a man suspected of breaking COVID quarantine. But he says he was isolating in a hotel and that's where they found him. So why arrest him? People were cheering for this overt fascistic move. My friends, it is happening before our eyes. I hope you're paying attention. Before we get started, leave us a good review. Give us five stars if you like the show. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Word of mouth really, really does help. Now let's get into that first story. Devastating news out of Afghanistan as the crisis worsens. Multiple explosions are confirmed. The Pentagon is confirming multiple U.S. and civilian casualties uh, at the uh, international airport in Kabul. My friends, these videos are horrifying. I'm not going to be showing any of this stuff, but the, the imagery coming out right now from Afghanistan, it's truly, truly horrifying. Now, uh, of course, we're getting a political reaction. People are calling for the impeachment and resignation of Joe Biden. Obviously, people are outraged. We're learning that the, the attacks are going to accelerate the withdrawal, meaning the remaining Americans will likely become hostages. Now, we don't know for sure, but apparently the group that may have perpetrated these attacks is unhappy that the Taliban has cut a deal with the U.S. And this means that even if the Taliban is, is willing to work with the U.S., the more extreme elements within their ranks or even fracturing off of, off of their ranks, they're not going to honor 
the evacuations of the remaining 10,000 plus Americans. Based on what we've seen with these videos, I think it's very likely we're going to be dealing with an international crisis unlike anything we've seen in several generations or, or possibly ever. I mean, we could be looking at 10,000 U.S. hostages to extremists in Afghanistan. I want to go through uh, the, the news and give you the, the latest updates and details, and then we'll take a look at what's going on with the politics. Obviously, politics are going to play a huge role in this over the past weeks, uh, past few weeks. With the crisis escalating in Afghanistan, Biden has been heavily criticized over his strategy and plans, as well as Mark Milley and how they carried out the evacuations and the withdrawal. Obviously, a lot of people are saying they should not have given up Bagram Air Force Base in the dead of night to looters and the Taliban. They should have evacuated the Americans and, their, uh, and our allies first. We could have avoided all of this. From the Military Times, Pentagon confirms multiple U.S. and civilian casualties and explosions around HKIA. The Pentagon Thursday confirmed multiple explosions in Kabul, including outside Hamid Karzai International Airport and close to the Baron Hotel, where evacuees have been staged in recent days before being escorted to the airport. The attacks caused multiple U.S. and civilian casualties. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said in a tweet, I want to clarify again, casualty does not mean killed. Okay. Casualty could mean injured. And the latest reporting we have right now is that these are injuries, not deaths. Although I will say there are videos that appear to show civilians have lost their lives. They say multiple sources, including on the ground in Kabul, confirmed to Military Times that troops are welding shut the airport gates in response to the attacks. The airport is the center of the U.S. drawdown from Afghanistan, where tens of thousands of civilians have been flown out of the country over the past week. Now, we got reporting from the AP the other day that of the 80 some odd thousand people who have been evacuated, only around 5% are American citizens. That's right. For whatever reason. Now, uh, on the right, they're saying that Joe Biden is prioritizing Afghan civilians, refugees and allies over our own citizens. That may be the case. Others are saying Americans are just having a hard time making it to the airport and they're shuttling whoever is available on the plane as fast as they can. It seems to me that it's logical that if you have, you know, a million Afghan citizens who are trying to flee and 10,000 Americans, the amount of Americans you see on these planes will be a lot lower. The problem is the strategy implemented by the Biden administration has left Americans stranded and they're refusing to acknowledge it. If the Americans and our allies, I'm talking about Western allies, Australia, UK, cannot make it to the airport, you will not be able to get them out. They say over uh, outside Afghans, Americans and others waiting to be processed since the evacuation uh, are, are waiting to be processed since the evacuation began. Taliban fighters have harassed and assaulted people outside the airport's gates. Three security incidents have resulted in the injury of one Marine and the death of an Afghan troop. Several news agencies reported that the attack happened at the Abbey Gate, located on the southeast side of the airport, less than a mile away from the airfield's main entrance. It's one of three entrances that U.S. officials warned on Wednesday could be the target of a terror attack. Now, I think I have the, the, the tweet here. Uh, um, actually, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, let me see if I can find this. There we go. From the Intel Crab. Thank you very much, Crab, for your intelligence. This evening's attack on KBL occurred just outside the Abbey Gate near the Baron Hotel. This particular area of the facility has a strong British presence. So we can see here, this is the airport. You can see the line where there, people are amassing and where the security perimeter has been set up. 
The Abbey Gate is just what appears to be, I'm assuming this is a, a north south, is, is on the southern side of the airport. This is where the attack occurred. Let's get back to the news. They say several news uh, agencies reported it was at the Abbey Gate. Secretary of State Antony Blinken on Wednesday also warned that U.S. forces and refugees faced the very real possibility of an ISIS-K attack at the airport in coming days. We're taking every precaution, but this is a very, this is, this is very high risk, he told reporters. State Department officials had warned all U.S. citizens at the airport gates to leave immediately on Wednesday and await further evacuation instructions. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you're Afghan, if you're British, Australian, whatever, and you hear the U.S. saying, American citizens get back. I think it would be wise for everyone to listen to that. Apparently, a lot of people maybe didn't get the memo. I mean, that literally didn't get uh, any warning. They say, despite that, large crowds remained gathered at various points of the airport, hoping to escape the city. The attack occurred around the same time that President Joe Biden was holding his daily meeting with national security officials on updates on the situation in Afghanistan. White House officials had no immediate comment on the explosion. So a lot of big updates. The latest here we have from Fox News, how the White House is reacting to the Kabul explosions. President Biden has met with his national security team this morning, including Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley and commanders on the ground. He will continue to be briefed on updates on the evolving situation throughout the day. The office of the vice president also says Kamala Harris appeared by video on a 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time situation room meeting at the White House with President Biden. She is currently heading back to the U.S. following a diplomatic trip to Singapore and Vietnam. A White House press briefing briefing originally scheduled for noon has been delayed as changes to Biden's schedule are being made as the events in Kabul unfold. Previously, we learn uh, about the, they believe this was uh, we, we knew this could be what's called ISIS-K, a splinter group. State Department tells congressional staff to stop directing people to Kabul's airport. Fox News' Chad Pergram is told the State Department has reached out to congressional staff with an urgent message begging them to cease directing people to the airport in Kabul to evacuate. Fox News has been informed that Capitol Hill staff were sending those messages to people trying to escape Kabul this morning. Part of the message sent by the State Department to Capitol Hill today, all staff engaging in this type of uncoordinated messaging to people on the ground must cease due to the security situation. Now, they have also reported within the past 40 minutes of this recording, more Kabul attacks could come soon, sources warn. Congressional sources tell Fox News' Chad uh, Pergram that the multiple explosions in Kabul could be a coordinated attack as part of an ongoing event and more may uh, more may be to come. Please, everyone take that stuff seriously. We have this from Emergency NGO in English. This is uh, they provide free high, qu- high quality health care to victims of war since 1994. More than 30 patients have arrived at our Kabul Surgical Center so far. Six others already DOA. We have activated all mass casualty protocols. Oh, I, I watch these videos, man, and I, and I, I don't know if, if it's something you don't want to watch, then by all means, you know, uh, take that luxury knowing that there are people covering this stuff that are watching this and you don't have to because I've seen these videos and it's it and it's and it's um, it's terrifying. It is. It's a, it's absolutely shocking what we're seeing. And I think I think we all kind of expected this. I said it only a few days ago. You need to start preparing for what's going to come in the media with these casualties, with the stories that we're starting to hear uh, on Fox News. Uh, a, a, a translator for the Marine Corps 
an Afghan citizen calling in to describe how he tried saving the life of a five-year-old girl who died in his arms. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You know what, man? We're going to start hearing a lot. The politicking is going to start kicking in, and I'm going to get into that. I just, I, I, this is what happens when uh, you have hyper-partisan tribal politicking and no leadership. Now, for everything they criticized Trump over, he had plans, and you may not have liked what he was doing, and it may not have been the most effective, whatever your opinion is, but this is no leadership. I mean, we've got videos of Biden walking away and not answering questions about the threat of actual attacks. We had this tweet from John Kirby just uh, showing this for the confirmation that he said we can confirm the explosion at the Abbey Gate was the result of a complex attack that resulted in a number of U.S. and civilian casualties. We can also confirm at least one other explosion at or near the Barron Hotel. A short distance from Abbey Gate, we will continue to update. John Kirby, of course, is the Pentagon press secretary. Earlier, as I, as I already mentioned in, in the other article, and this is important. This is from this morning at 822. U.S. and Britain warn people to avoid Kabul airport over imminent threat. They say, quote, because of security threats outside the gates of Kabul airport, we are advising U.S. citizens to avoid traveling to the airport and to avoid airport gates at this time. Unless you receive individual instructions from a U.S. government rep to do so. The security alert read, U.S. citizens who are at the Abbey Gate, East Gate, and North Gate now should leave immediately. A U.S. defense official told CBS News national security correspondent David Martin on Thursday that the threat was not to planes taking off or landing, but of an explosive device being detonated outside the airport gates. The same official and others in Washington denied reports that evacuation efforts from Kabul which have been enabled entirely by American forces controlling the Kabul airport, were set, to, were set to end in 36 hours. They go to mention, it wasn't, and, and mind you, this is before the explosion. This is important context. It wasn't immediate clear what specific intelligence prompted the U.S. embassy's advisory. But President Biden warned this week of the ongoing threat posed by the ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan, ISIS Khorasan or ISIS-K. A senior British official did indicate that ISIS-K was behind the latest urgent threat in Kabul. The Taliban has vowed not to allow ISIS-K, which has fought the much larger group for years in Afghanistan, to continue operating inside the country. Britain urged its nat nationals and everyone else to avoid the airport on Thursday, with the head of the, uh, of the army citing very, very credible intelligence that terrorists were planning an imminent attack on the thousands of people who have gathered just outside the airport walls. 
And this is a success of the of uh, uh, um, um, I, I, look. I don't want to say it was a success, right? I want to say the intelligence was good and people got forewarning and I hope they got out. But a lot of people didn't. And it also means that even with an, even with this intelligence, we are seeing American uh, so servicemen and women who have been injured by this. Now, there have been some rumors about uh, U.S. deaths. I don't know if that's true. I'm seeing from official reporting that it is three Marines injured. I don't know just yet. By the time you watch this, you may actually have more up-to-date information. So this goes up. Uh, this records about an hour before publishing. Now, the politicking is starting to drop from Fox News. Afghanistan catastrophe cause for Biden to resign, according to Congressman Mike Garcia. There's going to be blood on his hands that are American, says Garcia on Afghanistan. They say Rep. Mike Garcia demanded that President Biden resign over the crisis in Afghanistan. His comments came ahead of the explosions in Kabul on Thursday that led to an unknown number of casualties, but injured at least three U.S. Marines. Coordinated suicide bombers detonated explosives Thursday evening in Kabul, one by the airport, another by a hotel. Americans previously used as a rally point for evacuation by a helicopter. A firefight followed the explosion at the airport. Quote, there's going to be blood on his hands that are American. The blood of our allies, Garcia told Fox News during a Tuesday interview that was not previously released. We were unfortunately likely not going to get everyone out. And the Taliban is going to take over and kill those folks that we do leave behind. This falls on the commander in chief's desk. The California Republican continued. Garcia provided additional comments in a written statement following Thursday's explosion. The tragedy is a further reminder of the deadly consequences of Joe Biden's botched withdrawal. We must double down on our efforts to evacuate all Americans and Afghan allies. Yes, we have to. I do not believe y'all are prepared for, for what we may end up seeing even tomorrow or in the coming weeks. Over 10,000 Americans are still in Afghanistan. And I mean this in no way to disrespect, disparage, or, or um, ignore the plight of our, of, our, of our Afghan allies. But for those that are funding this, the American taxpayer, the first priority we should have is making sure we do not see Americans get taken hostage. And we may see this. We may be about to see the largest hostage situation ever. I'm sure there's something in history that was crazier, but I mean, we're talking about 10,000 people who will be trapped and desperately trying to flee this country. The U.S. has scrambled to evacuate American citizens as well as Afghan nationals who assisted the U.S. during the war ahead of the August 31st deadline. Quote, this is a disgrace, Garcia told Fox on the during the Tuesday interview. What our president has done has shamed our nation. It's shamed our folks that are over there and who have been fighting for it for the last 20 years to cure the country and eradicate the al-Qaeda threat, as well as mitigate the Taliban threat. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul repeatedly issued warnings about terrorist threats and directed Americans to leave the airport. The embassy issued such a warning before Thursday's explosion. It's unclear who was behind the tax, but they believe that it may be uh, ISIS splinter group. Now, so there, there's, there's the image. We'll, 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 let me pull up uh, uh, some, of this, uh, some of these tweets. From Josh Kroshar, he says, Fox's Jen Griffin analysis now, the attack only increases likelihood of a rapid withdrawal from Kabul and the end of the rescue mission. Alex Thompson says, increasingly looking like U.S. will end up leaving behind more than 1,000 American citizens 
and many times as many Afghans who assisted the U.S. will have to try to evacuate them in different ways after August 31st without U.S. troop presence. This is, I think, possibly the worst case scenario for a withdrawal from Afghanistan. And, you know, some have said that it's kind of like a punishment to the anti-war crowd. Something like, oh, you want to you want to end the forever wars? Make it as bad as possible. Look, I don't think Joe Biden did this on purpose. A lot of people are, are questioning whether or not Biden botched this as an excuse to deploy more troops. If we if we are seeing civilians being killed, if we are seeing U.S. citizens being killed, of course, they will want to deploy more. And of course, you will find more support to do it. I don't think it's on purpose. I really, really don't. I think we are looking in the face of an empty, uh, an empty Oval Office. I think we are looking at a hollow presidency. Joe Biden was not elected based on his prowess or, or skills or abilities. No, Trump was anti-elected. That's what happened. They didn't care who was there. In fact, I have, I have to wonder, a lot of the sentiment that came out of the primaries was, why waste a good Buttigieg on uh, what's, what's going to be a catastrophe in the next several years? They, they were expecting crisis and chaos. So many said that the DNC didn't want to use one of their younger, more energetic uh, faces. They, they wanted uh, somebody that was more familiar. And that's because they want Buttigieg and others, individuals like him to run in the future. Joe Biden may be the president, but in, in terms of ability, in terms of practicality, we don't have a president. Formally, we do. Of course, it's Joe Biden. But we are now seeing the, the, uh, the, the aftermath of, of, of what happens when you let me let me let me just I want to play this clip for you guys. This is what you get. This is Joe Biden. Thanks. Mr. President, what about ISIS and the threat that Americans face now? On August 22nd, Biden walks away from a press conference as a reporter says, what about ISIS and the threat that Americans face now? Biden has a habit of refusing to answer questions, of speaking to the American people. He wants to come out and say that, you know, he's, he's always going to be straight with you. No, he's not. He's going to come out and give a speech and not answer any real questions. And when a journalist goes off beat and asks him something he didn't agree to, he gets confused by it. Oh, I thought the question was, oh, whatever. Because Joe Biden is unable. He's unable. Now, right now, we're hearing that he's in the situation room at the time of recording this, and he's conferring with his advisors. But I got to be honest, the crisis in Afghanistan has, has said to me definitively, the emperor has no clothes. There are no adults in the room. No one is handling this. We're now seeing calls for Biden to resign. We are seeing calls for the impeachment of Joe Biden. And there are so many reasons to impeach the man. But what would that get us? President Kamala Harris, impeach them both. I don't know if you have grounds to impeach Kamala, but then what? President Pelosi? So I'm sorry. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're between a rock and a hard place. Now, maybe next year in 2022, Trump becomes Speaker of the House somehow. You know, that's, that's the speculation. They're saying, hey, hey, look, if Republicans take the House, they can nominate Trump to be Speaker. It doesn't got to be a member of Congress. And then Trump as Speaker, when they impeach Joe Biden and convict him, Kamala Harris well, as well, Trump then is next in the line of succession to be president. I think it's, it's, it's a silly thought. It's beyond a long shot. But I will say, I don't think impeachment's going to solve the problem. I really, really don't. 
I think we're going to have to realize that over the next several years, we are going to be dealing with a collapsing American doctrine for better or for worse. You know, we, sh- we should be getting out of Afghanistan. Trump was right to make these deals and make these moves. But Joe Biden was unable to, to implement the withdrawal properly. And you can't blame Trump for it because Trump is not the president and this is not Trump's plan. Trump's initial date was May 1st. So maybe you can say it would have been worse. Maybe you can say, well, I think Trump would have done a bad job. You're entitled to your opinion, but we don't know. Right now, I can say as a matter of fact, Joe Biden is the president who's overseeing this. The buck stops with him. I mean, his own words. I guess we can only, um, for those that are more faith, uh, uh, religious, you can pray. Everyone else, you can uh, 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 pledge your support, cross your fingers, whatever it is you want to do to make sure that we get these people out of here. But I think uh, uh, that that reporter from Fox News is correct. I think we are going to see a rapid end to the American uh, rescue project. Americans will be trapped. And then we're going to start seeing some truly horrifying videos. Because if it's not the Taliban, it's going to be those who refuse to follow in in the uh, treaties or agreements with the U.S., ISIS-K, whoever else. This is another, this this is exactly the reason that the U.S. should not be engaging in these conflicts. So never forget it. They, to, the, to those of you who believe this is some kind of botched on, you know, botched on purpose or whatever. No, 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 no. This will go down in history as exactly why the U.S. should never be engaging in these regime change forever war 20 year nation building projects. My uh, my heart goes out to the families of those injured and I pray for everyone's safety. I'll leave it there. Next segment segments coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. The media is not giving you the full picture. The story they're reporting is that the January 6th Select Committee probe expands to Trump and top officials in a wave of demands. What the media has omitted, probably because they don't care, is that the January 6th committee investigating the insurrection, as they call it, is also seeking the communications of Trump supporters unrelated to January 6th. They're seeking information from a wave of Trump activists over their communications pertaining to Donald Trump's reelection from April 2020 until January of 2021. It's dark days, my friends. This is something big. This may be one of the darkest turns we have seen yet in modern history. I'm sure that, you know, look, you can look at McCarthyism in the past, the list of names being put out. It is a dangerous, slippery slope. But you combine what we're seeing now with Democrats. Let's be honest. There's Kinzinger and there's Cheney on the committee. They're Republicans, but do they, are they really Republicans? They never side with the Republicans or do much other than support Democrats. This is overwhelmingly a Democrat push. They are seeking private details on their political rivals, probably because they know that people like Alex Jones and Steve Bannon, Scott Pressler, the activist who just registers Republicans to vote and cleans up garbage, as well as prominent journalists and political commentators like Jack Posobiec, they know these people helped assist Donald Trump win in the first place. You take a look at what happened with Big Tech and Alex Jones and Milo Yiannopoulos and many other right wing figures. They were purged. And many suspected this was done because they are extremely prominent figures who help Donald Trump and his his supporters gain in politics. Right now, instead of making the argument to the American people, Democrats have begun targeting 
the private details and communications of those who would assist Trump or anyone in his, in his administration, assist them with winning an election. These aren't communications about insurrection. Nobody knew what was going to happen on January 6th, and the FBI confirmed it for the most part. An FBI report came out just the, you know, a week or so ago showing that there was no coordinated plan for what was going to happen on January 6th. Though there were some groups talking about potentially breaching the Capitol, they had no real plan about doing anything. And that's from the FBI. And now we get the story from NPR, where they're making it seem like it's just Trump's officials as part of the investigation. No, my friends, it's always going to be degrees. They can't just come out and say, round them up, send them to a gulag. They can't do it. People would freak out. But they can do it ever so slowly. They can say, we want to see the communications between the Trump administration and these prominent individuals because it relates to January 6th. It doesn't. Some of these people weren't there, didn't promote the event and had nothing to do with it. And the, communica- the communications they're asking for go back to April of the year prior. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. No, they're doing this because it's the next degree. What do you think comes after? They'll get these communications. The communications will be leaked. Then there will be an uproar in the media, out of context statements, political pressure. We'll see more of these individuals get banned from social media and potentially criminally prosecuted as accomplices who aided and abetted an insurrection or planned or conspired. They will do everything in their power by any means necessary to shut this down. We saw what they were willing to do to Trump with the impeachments and the lies and the media and the accusations. Now you have some journalists claiming Biden is, is the, the press is worse to him than Trump ever was, claiming that, well, Trump had loyal conservative media and Biden doesn't have that in Democrats. He doesn't have that in the mainstream media, which he does. You see, they went after Trump with impeachments, with lies and smears. They, they deleted content of mine when I tried criticizing some of the fake news on more than one occasion. Now, they're going to do the same by going after you, the Trump supporters. But they can't just go to Trump supporters just yet, though they have referred, you know, Michael Hayden, for instance, referred to Trump supporters as our Taliban. You can see where this is going. If every day they escalate the rhetoric. So what comes next? I think the next degrees would be obvious to people with criminal accusations, smears in media, debanking. We'll see. But let me read for you the letter. Let me read for you the news and break down what's happening and just remind you, these are dark times. This is one of the most shocking stories I have, I have seen in my life. I understand there may have been worse things in the past, but I'm 35 and this is shocking. You know, last night we had Jack Posobiec on Timcast IRL talking about how he would resist this by, with all of his, his might and abilities. But now let's, let's get into the actual nitty gritty of what's happening. Before we get started... Head over to TimCast.com, become a member to help support our work and our independent journalism. We recently had a reporter on the ground in New York covering an anti-mandatory vaccine group. These are union workers. So if you want to help support real on the ground reporting, 
and our journalists, as well as get access to TimCast IRL members only segments. Become a member. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share it with your friends. Let's break this down. Now, I want to stress, we did discuss this to a certain degree last night. You may have seen TimCast IRL uh, talking about it, but I think, you know, I I actually want to go through the letter and read to you what they're demanding and why and give you the, the, the breakdown of what this is. My friends, this is beyond McCarthyism. Now, NPR reports, January 6th, select committee probe expands to Trump and top officials in a wave of demands. They say the House Select Committee charged with investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol has issued a wave of record requests targeting communications by former President Donald Trump and his top officials in the lead up to the daily riot. Why aren't they mentioning that they're targeting regular Americans? You know, I think the most alarming name on the list is Scott Pressler. He cleans up garbage. I literally mean that. If you're not familiar with Scott Pressler, he organizes community cleanups going to cities like Baltimore, where he famously cleaned up one area and the locals thanked him for it. And then he registers Republican voters. His name is on the list. They're trying to seize his private doc- communications between, uh, between him and government officials. They say it marks the most widespread list of demands since the siege directing letters to eight federal entities including the National Archives and Record Administration, which is charged with maintaining records for past White House administrations. The demands could be followed by subpoenas. They target communications by Trump, former Vice President Mike Pence and other top officials, as well as White House visitor and call logs related to the day the, the day of the attack. Other agencies also included in the wave of requests include the Justice, Defense and Interior Departments, except why go back to April of 2020? I, I, I want to pull up the list, but let me read this quote. The select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol is examining the facts, circumstances and causes of the January 6th attack. Committee chairman Benny Thompson said, a Democrat said in a statement announcing the plans. Our Constitution provides for a peaceful transfer of power. And this investigation seeks to evaluate threats to that process, identify lessons learned and recommend laws, policies, procedures, rules or regulations necessary to protect our republic in the future. The agencies have two weeks to comply with the request to turn over documents by September 9th, Thompson added. These are also renewed and expanded upon demands issued by other committees this year. The committee also encouraged the chief U.S. archivist, David Ferriero, Ferriero, to use his authority to expedite the requests. This is our first request for materials, and we anticipate additional requests as our investigation continues. Thompson's August 25th letter to Ferriero noted. In a statement, statement, Trump said, the leftist select committee has further exposed itself as a partisan sham and a waste of taxpayer dollars with a request that's time to distract Americans from historic and global catastrophes brought on by the failures of Joe Biden and other Democrats. Now, I will stress, my friends, I did a segment uh, earlier today. For those listening on the podcast, you'll hear in a bit about what's happening in Afghanistan. We have horrifying updates. We're not going to ignore that. But we are going to try and cover as much as we can. Now, later today at 8 p.m. on the Timcast IRL podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments in Afghanistan, which are horrifying. So I don't want you to think it is a, it is a distraction. If it is a distraction, they are using overt fascistic tactics in a rather horrifying way. They say the committee also goes into communications from last year involving Trump officials and top Republicans who figured largely in presidential election results in various states, including Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. The committee also directed other agencies, such as the Justice Department, to turn over records linked with the attack and Trump 
to that day's violence, including the sharing of intelligence, capital security, and the role of efforts to overturn the results of the elections. The requests also target figures who have been charged with helping spread misinformation ahead of January 6th, including Michael Flynn, the former White House official pardoned by Trump, and Alex Jones. You see, they were spreading misinformation. Thus, they can get your private records. What's fascinating is that they're attempting to bypass the rights of the individual simply because their records may be uh, in, in government archives. Now, here's the letter. This is the uh, select committee investigating the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. The Honorable David S. Ferriero, archivist of the United States. They write, Dear Mr. F uh, Ferriero, the select committee is in to investigate the, the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol is examining the facts. Are, oh, so we, we did read this in the article. They say this is our first request for materials, and we anticipate additional requests as our investigation continues. Please produce this information to the select committee no later than September 9th, 2021. An attachment to this letter provides additional instructions for responding to the select committee's request. If you have questions, please contact select, uh, select committee staff, blah, blah, blah. And they include some information for contact details, which is all public information. Document schedule. Pending requests. The select committee reiterates the requests made in the March 25th, 2021 correspondence from multiple committees of the House of Representatives, which the select committee subsequently joined for documents and communications received, prepared and sent between December 1st, 2020 and January 20th, 2021, relating to the counting of the Electoral College vote on January 6th. They say that must include all documents and communications relating in any way to remarks made by Donald Trump or any other person on January 6th including Donald Trump's and other speakers' public remarks at the rally on the morning of January 6th. All calendars, schedules, and movement logs. Now, I'm not surprised they're requesting details on what happened on January 6th. That is not where I find uh, what I find to be the most alarming. They do, however, go on to say, here's where we get into names. They want all documents and communication within the White House on January 6th, 2021, relating in any way to the following. The rally, the march, the violence, any aspect of the joint session where Congress was counting votes, any legal, political, or other strategy regarding the counting of votes. They want any, any, uh, any communication or documents pertaining to Donald Trump, Pence, Trump's tweets and speeches, the president's recording of video release on that date, Sarah Matthews, Hope Hicks, Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, Pat Cipollone, Cip Cip Mark Short, Patrick Philbin, Eric Heshman, Hirschman, sorry, Stephen Miller, Greg Jacob, Matthew Pottinger, Keith Kellogg, Robert O'Brien, Peter Navarro, Ben Williamson, Cassidy Hutchinson, Mike, Molly Michael, Nicol uh, Nicholas Luna, Judd Deere, Kaylee McEnany. This is them demanding private communications between basically everybody in Trump's inner circle. Now, that is shocking, too. I don't want you to think that simply because I said the more shocking thing is the Trump activists. No, this is Democrats and neocons targeting their political rivals with the weight of the U.S. government. And yes, this is just the first step. They go on to say Ivanka, Eric, Laura, Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, Melania, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Steve Bannon, Michael Flynn, Rudy Giuliani, Roger Stone, any member of Congress or congressional staff or the Department of Defense, Justice, Homeland Security, Interior, or any element of the National Guard. They are taking everything all White House visitor records on January 6th, all documents. Now, all of that's pertaining to January 6th, and I understand. But here's where things start to change. They say they want documents from November 3rd through January 20th, all documents and communications referring, referring or relating to the 2020 election between White House officials and officials of state governments, 
This includes Doug Ducey, Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensperger, Ken Paxton, Francis Watson, Mike Shirky, Lee Chatfield, or Monica Palmer. It says beyond, my friends, beyond McCarthyism. They are going after prominent Republicans. Hey, some of these people Trump supporters don't even like. Brian Kemp, how does, and Raffensperger, how do you feel now defending the establishment with them turning their backs and coming after you now? Of course, you should have seen this. They say they want from April 1st, 2020 through January 20th, all documents and communications related to the 2020 election results to or from one or more of the following individuals, Rudy Giuliani, Justin Clark, Matt Morgan, Sidney Powell, Kurt Olson, and Cleta Mitchell. Also, from the same time period, they say they want forecasting, polling, uh, or results which were authored, presented by, or related in any way to Anthony Fabrizio, Brad Parscale, Bill Stepien, Corey Lewandowski, and, or Jason Miller. This is them saying they are demanding Donald Trump the U.S. government give up all of the planning for Trump's election strategy. The Democrats are playing beyond dirty. They know that they have stopped Trump with, with Joe Biden, but they know that they haven't stopped him forever, that Trump may come back and that Trump supporters won't back down. What are they doing? They're trying to figure out how it is that Donald Trump planned what he planned in terms of his general election, what his strategies were, because they're well, this is in effect them cheating, using the weight of the government to seize private campaign communications. The campaign spokesperson for Donald Trump is even on this list. They go on to say they want all documents from David Bossy from November 3rd to January 2020, uh, 2021. All documents from the state of Texas. This is crazy. I mean, there's too much for me to read. They want all litigation from Texas, all communications from the Supreme Court. They want just, uh, uh, Justin Reimer and the electoral count or litigation concerning the 2020 election, all documents relating to QAnon, the Proud Boys, Stop the Steal, Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, any and all documents relating to election machinery used in the 2020 election. It is everything. Let me go down. This is where it gets scary. Recruitment, planning, coordination, and other preparations for the rallies leading up to and including January 6th and the violence on January 6th. So, of course, they say they want all information on marches, all information on related to security from federal facilities, all documents from Donald Trump's statements on September 29th for the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by from December to January, documents pertaining to civil unrest or attacks in the Capitol, all documents and communications related to social media information monitored or gathered, monitored, gathered, reviewed or shared by the White House on January 6th. And now for the moment you've been waiting for the darkest point. From April 1st, 2020 through January 20th, 2021, all documents and communications concerning the 2020 election and relating to the following individuals. Cindy Chaffee and Greg Locke, Robert Patrick Lewis, Lewis, Chris Lip, Tracy Diaz, Alex Phillips, Bianca Gracia, Ali Alexander, Brandon Strzok, Rose Tennant, Ed Martin, Vernon Jones, Cordy Williams, Michael Flynn, Alex Jones, Owen Schroyer, Karen Turk, Scott Pressler, Rogan O'Handley, Christy Hutcherson, Gina Loudon, Jack Posobiec, B Bryson Gray, Angela Stanton King, Brian Gibson, George Papadopoulos, Julio Gonzalez, Bernard Carrick, Mark Burns, Roger Stone, George Flynn, Tom Van Flyn, Doug Logan, Katrina Pearson, Amy Kreimer, Dustin Stockton, Enrique Tario, Kenneth Harrelson, Caroline Wren, or Michael Codry. I love the or Michael Codry. Shouldn't that be and? 
Does this not then give them say, okay, well, you named all these people with commas and then said or. So here's the one guy. Here's what you may have noticed. You may have recognized many of those names. Alex Jones, Owen Schroyer, Scott Pressler, Jack Posobiec, Angela Stanton King. Many of them fairly obvious. Some of you may recognize many of the other names too. Some I don't recognize. Many of these people had nothing to do with January 6th and weren't there. Many of them are just activists who have helped Donald Trump and supported him and provided a path uh, for supporters to gather around and express themselves. This is the slippery slope. This is the uh, chilling event. What they're trying to do is, is warn you. If you communicated in any way with anyone in government, these people, they're going to get your communications. And what if you said something that's not illegal or wrong or unethical, but maybe it's embarrassing? Maybe that's leverage on you now. Maybe you say, I don't want this. Maybe I'm scared. More importantly, maybe Scott Pressler was talking with, I don't know, Trump Jr. or Ivanka about voter registration and their strategy for how to get more Republicans to vote. Now the Democrats will have access to proprietary campaign strategy from people like Scott Pressler, who basically just cleans up trash to help communities and he registers Republicans to vote. They, there's probably going to be communications from him talking about their, their strategy for registering more Republicans, how they're doing it, how they're doing. They're going to get it all. Worse still is Jack Posobiec, who, as, as you may have seen yesterday when he talked about it, Jack Posobiec has sources in the White House. They want to know who is leaking information to the press. This is scary, my friends. Absolutely scary. They're going not just for January 6th. As you move down, they say Doug Logan, Mike Lindell, public remarks of Donald Trump, Bill Barr. But they're saying April 1st, 2020, nearly a year, nearly a year of records. Donald Trump is fighting this. CNN reports Trump makes executive privilege threat as House committee seeks documents from agencies on January 6th attack. As a former uh, CNN reports, former President Trump on Wednesday threatened to invoke executive privilege in an effort to block the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot from obtaining a massive tranche of documents it's demanding from several U.S. government agencies, despite his successor having the ultimate say over whether the information can be shared. Executive privilege will be defended, not just on behalf of my administration and the patriots who worked beside me, but on behalf of the office of the president of the United States and the future of our nation, Trump said in a statement without detailing how such an effort would be conducted. The Biden administration has already declined to assert executive privilege over some testimony related to January 6th, telling former Justice Department officials that they were free to provide unrestricted testimony. But the, but, but the administration has not weighed in on whether the committees should have unrestricted access to records and documents from the Trump White House. I'd like to stress something. Doesn't Scott Pressler have rights? Perhaps, you know, if they're going to issue communications, uh, if they're going to demand communications, the individuals on the other side of that conversation have a right to have their names redacted or the things they've said redacted at the very least. Just because, uh, I, you know, honestly, it's tough. It really is. There are many circumstances where I think private individuals should not have that guarantee if you're communicating with public officials. If Donald Trump went and spoke with, you know, Vladimir Putin, I want the transcript. I want to know, know what he said. If Joe Biden does the same thing, we want to know what he's saying. Now, of course, there's classified information. There's negotiations, things, things we don't know about. But there is a real challenge here. What's happening now is they're using, I would say, bad faith mean, means to gain access to privy information in an effort to exploit the next election. 
so that they can have the, the, the uh, upper edge, so they can know the strategies, they can know the demographics, all of these things the Trump campaign pays for, they are going to seize for free. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if these, if these agencies just say, you got it, because they all hate Donald Trump. They all hate the Trump supporters. As I mentioned, Michael Hayden says Trump supporters are our Taliban, referring to the United States, which is insane. And we've seen many blue checks on Twitter call for their death, deportation, or ex, uh, uh, you know, removal from society. So why wouldn't they do something like this? Now they say the document requests from the House echo those previously issued by other House committees in the aftermath of the riot, while significantly broadening the search to other areas and people inside and outside government. Specifically, the committee is asking for records from the Department of Justice, Department of the Interior, Defense, Office of the Director of the National Intelligence and FBI, the National Counterterrorism Center, DHS, and perhaps most importantly, the National Archives. The list of targets is long and varied, ranging from information about attempts to either carry out or defy Trump's orders, invoke the Insurrection Act, martial law, or the 25th Amendment, as well as communications regarding members of the Trump White House campaign, January 5th and 6th rally organizers, and even alleged members of the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. The select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol is examining the facts. Yeah, 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 we heard that. That message was echoed by Democratic Rep. Zoe Lofgren of California, another member of the committee who told CNN's Kate Bolden and on Out Front Wednesday, this is just the beginning. You've been warned, my friends. This is just the beginning. Now, this list, it's going after people who are communicating with the government. This allows them to effectively subpoena without officially issuing a subpoena. They're going to the government saying, hey, we're the government too. Just give us the records you have. If they wanted private communications from someone like Jack Posobiec, they would have to issue a subpoena and force him to give up the information. Jack, of course, is vowing to resist by any means necessary, and he's not going to give up his sources. That's what they're going after, most likely. This is just the beginning. What does that mean? Let's read what you said. We are trying to find out what happened leading up to January 6th, the various elements, the reasoning, who instigated it, why they instigated it, and the like. We want to find out every element of it. And so we've made this request, and this is, as I said, just the beginning. There are many other requests for documents that we will be making, Lofgren said. Some of these requests were made to these agencies by other committees in Congress earlier, and they have not been responded to. So we need the information now, and we've made that clear to the various federal agencies. Several of the letters request all documents and communication related in any way to Trump and members of his family who served in official roles at the White House, including Melania, Ivanka, and Jared. Some of the former president's other children are included. The committee is also seeking records related to then uh, Vice President Mike Pence. I'll tell you where this goes. They'll go for Jack Posobiec. They're going for people like Alex Jones. Eventually, they'll say, but who instigated it? They'll use those communications as a way to open the door to other people. They'll look at people like me, like Stephen Crowder, those who were complaining about the rise of the Democrats' authoritarianism. And they'll argue that this was, uh, you know, peripheral instigation or a contributing factor. It may not be a crime that they try to accuse people of. Probably not. I mean, Stephen Crowder, people like me, people like, you know, I don't want to name tons of people and put them on a radar or anything like that. But a lot of people who have challenged the establishment will be named. It won't be, in my opinion, that they'll send, you know, feds coming and knocking. They'll just put out the word. 
The media will then carry the word. And then their allies in big tech and financial institutions will start to excise these people from polite society, as they call it. Why? Well, because they are sophisticated. CNN says investigators focus on efforts to overturn 2020 election results. So why is it then that they're going after activists and Trump supporters? Do you think that leftists and Democrats right now are saying, hey, man, this goes too far? We don't want to be going after unrelated people. We got to keep this within the scope. No, no, no. They're celebrating it. Why executive privilege was trending on Twitter. Why? One, uh, let's see, we have Terry Canefield, who is Terry, verified author and lawyer of UC Berkeley, writing, sort of hilarious that Trump is threatening a frivolous lawsuit claiming executive privilege the very same evening that one of his lawyers is sanctioned for filing frivolous lawsuits. Another person says, There's a legitimate scope of executive privilege, which ensures a president gets candid, thorough advice, but doesn't extend to covering up efforts to keep the new president from taking office. That's strange. We have ABC7 on your side saying FBI finds little little evidence January 6th right was coordinated. No one was trying to do anything. No one knew what was being done. Chris Hahn, verified Twitter user, the aggressive progressive says executive privilege cannot be used to cover up a crime. If you're hoping it does, you are in fact a criminal. These people are fascists. And I mean that in the actual literal sense. These are not the socialist types, although they do espouse many of these progressive values. No, these are the overt authoritarian. uh, Look, fascism comes in many forms. It doesn't necessarily mean authoritarian nationalism, though that is probably that's the academic definition. There's also Mussolini's fascism, which is the lucrative merger of corporation and state. These are people who defend massive multinational corporations stripping your rights, celebrate the government trying to strip away your rights, coming after political rivals. I'm sure you can call them communists, I guess, but I don't think they're actually communists. I think there are a lot of communists, some of them maybe, but for the most part, these people are just power hungry fascists. They don't care about what the system is so long as the system grants them power. They're all saying the same thing. Brooklyn Dad Defiant, you know him, right? Funded, uh, well, we'll leave that out of it, but you know who he is. Good morning, good morning and happy Thursday to everyone except those for those twice impeached losers who think executive privilege will save their sorry A from prosecution. It won't. But what about the people who are not involved? What about the activists? This is where it begins. You heard it from that Democrat. This is just the beginning. Capitol Police officer Sue Trump and allies over election lies on January 6th. The suit, which took a broad view of the riot's origins, was the latest effort to hold former President Donald J. Trump accountable for the Capitol attack, even though the FBI concluded Trump didn't plan it, Trump didn't incite anything, and there was no coordination. If any of those things were true, they would have charged so many people by now in the Trump administration or the Trump inner circle. They didn't. We're heading down the darkest path I can possibly imagine. But the night is always darkest for the dawn, my friends. Perhaps they will step too far. We've seen McCarthyism in the past. Blacklisting. It's going to start happening again. People will be unable to work and it's wrong. I'm not a fan of it in the past. I'm not a fan of it now. People have a right to their opinions, a right to their activism. They don't have a right to riot at the Capitol. That I agree with. But the Democrats don't have the right to seize private communications of any of these people. 
I suppose technically they can request it and they have subpoena power. But what I mean to say in the moral sense, this is a violation of everything we should hold dear as Americans, and it is indicative of some greater conflict. They say to me, Tim, you're crazy. There's not going to be a civil war. I remember uh, talking in 2018 to a conservative in D.C. saying, you know, civil war is, is likely in my opinion. And he said, the federal government will never allow anything like that to happen. Here you have the federal government going after the federal government. Of course, with Joe Biden in, in, at the helm with this, his administration, it's actually the current government against the former and their potential rivals coming up in 2022 and 2024. They're going to try and seize power and prevent Republicans and Trump supporters and maggots, as they call them, from winning more elections. In 2022, we are going to have a wave of right wing populists stepping in. And this is huge. This could be a big change in the Republican Party, because right now the Republicans don't do anything. They're not stopping Democrats. They're just a minor speed bump. But with the wave of new Republican populists, it's entirely likely you see something akin to the squad, but bigger, a right populist movement that enters Congress and starts making demands and wins the majority and starts filing subpoenas and maybe even impeaches Joe Biden. They can't allow that. So they will do anything in their power. We are beyond traditional politics, my friends. We are entering into something dark, and I hope you are paying attention because the government has released the list of names, persona non grata. You're going to start seeing those names pop up in smear pieces. The communications will likely be leaked. That'll be used as justification for more investigations because the intelligence agencies will read the regurgitated articles and then cycle it back around. That's when things get bad. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. The worst of the worst. He's been brought to justice. It's finally over. The manhunt has ended with an arrest. A dangerous criminal on the run. That's right. Anthony Karam in Australia, suspected of having COVID and not quarantining in his apartment. Well, he was quarantining. He was quarantining in the hotel. Okay. He was told to quarantine in the hotel, but, 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 you know, he's, he's bad. Uh, he sneezed on an elevator. So it's good that they tracked him down at his hotel room where he was quarantining and then arrested him and carried him out into a, uh, did a perp walk where people nearby cheered for this. All right, let's drop the bit. My friends, Australia is lost. I'm not I'm not kidding. Nazis have taken over Australia. I'm not exaggerating when I say Nazis. Obviously, it's more of a figurative. It's not like literally remnants of the Nazi party there. No, I mean, like the the authoritarian, the camp building, the arbitrary uh, authoritarianism. And I guess you can call it maybe maybe uh, Nazis loaded, you know, to violate Godwin's law. We'll just call it uh, uh, fascistic. So here's a guy, Anthony Karam. They've been calling him the worst of the worst seeking him out for over a week. Apparently what happened was he had left his apartment to go to a hotel to quarantine what he was, where he was told to do it. They carry him out like this. They dress him up in scrubs and gloves and a face mask. For what? I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for the people of Australia, and I have very little sympathy for this man. Now, I will say this. I have sympathy in regards to the, like, in regards to the fact that this guy apparently didn't do anything wrong and he's being unjustly persecuted. And while they're carrying him away, people are cheering. But you know what? Those people, they deserve all of this. 
And it'll eventually come for them, too. The people I do have sympathy for are those that are protesting and pushing back. But therein lies the, 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 the sad reality. The people who are challenging this and pushing back are the people who understand what's happening and have tried to learn from history or have learned from history. And now they're going to face the boot on their face because these other morons don't know, don't care or revel in joining an angry mob to oppress, maim, injure, persecute. It's not just about this Anthony Karam guy. It's also about this Queensland Regional Quarantine Facility. Ah, yes, you may have heard me talk about the concentration camps they're building in, in Australia. And I love all the Australians who are like, come now, Tim. You know, we're not actually building concentration camps. That's not a concentration camp. That's a concentrate. No, you're building concentration camps. Okay, shut up. Relocatable cabins. So what do you think they're going to do with people like Anthony Karam? They say, oh, you're sick. You have COVID. They're going to throw him in the train car and they're going to uh, and they're going to bring him to this well camp. Queensland's government to say to the people, uh, what does this say? Let me let me let me let me, let me play this. Say uh, uh, to the people of Queensland, we want to keep you safe. And the best way to keep you safe and to keep Delta out of Queensland is to build as quickly as possible a regional quarantine facility. I have listened to Queenslanders. I know how much they support a regional quarantine facility to be in Queensland. I'm reading a caption. That's why it's like oddly paced. They want their community kept safe. That's what they're saying to me. And we are delivering it. This is a race. All right. In Australia, we have seen hundreds of people arrested. Let me read the story so I, so I can explain to you the depth of what's happening. And then we'll talk about what those camps are for and where we'll go. From 7news.com, Australia. COVID-19 positive Sydney man Anthony Karam arrested after a week-long manhunt. They say Karam, 27, was wanted on an outstanding warrant for multiple alleged breaches of the public health order. The 27-year-old man who tested positive for COVID-19 was also subject to an order under Section 62 of the Public Health Act, New South Wales police said in a statement on Thursday evening. He was arrested just before 5.30 p.m. at a unit on the 14th floor of a complex on Footbridge Boulevard in Wentworth Point, five days after Chief Health Officer Dr. Kerry Chant appealed for public to help track him down. Charges are expected to be laid. Police say Karam was told that he had coronavirus earlier this month and was asked to isolate in hotel quarantine, but he allegedly refused. He is then accused of defying public health orders and continuing to move among the community. I have been isolating the whole time, mate, he told 7 News reporter Robert Ovadia as he was being arrested. And where was he being arrested? In a hotel. And they even acknowledge in their dystopian V for Vendetta style video, now Karam was arrested in a hotel where he was isolating. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They can use any excuse because you have no rights because you are trash to these people. It's coming to the U.S., and I hope you are sharing videos like this. I hope you are talking to your friends and your family. I hope you are paying attention. I have proof that I've been isolating the whole time, mate. So do what you want. CCTV footage released by New South Wales police showed his last known movements inside an apartment complex's elevator during which he's seen appearing to sneeze several times. An order signed by Dr. Chance said Karam was a risk to the health or safety of the public. What evidence have they produced that the man wasn't in quarantine? Could it be that he was leaving his apartment in the elevator to go to the hotel where they told him to quarantine? And therein lies the trap. You see, if you're an undesirable and they want to get rid of you, they need only say, ah, look, he's in the elevator. And then you're like, but they, they told me to do it. So what? So what? 
People were cheering as he got arrested, cheering for this. You want to know what's coming? Concentration camps. They say this is a race. We are up against a highly infectious Delta variant that's sweeping the world. We don't know what's next. We need to get these facilities up and running. And everybody has seen how successful Howard Springs is. This is a commitment by the Wagner family working with the Queensland government to say to the people of Queensland. Oh, I'm sorry. It's restarting that we want to keep you safe. All right. I'll tell you what this is. Have you been paying attention to the protests? When the anti-lockdown protesters went and stood on the steps, they said super spreader event. And these people, the Sturgis rally, super spreader event, Black Lives Matter. Oh, actually, Black Lives Matter reduced the spread of the coronavirus. I don't know what to tell you. We're getting dangerously close to the point where I hope you consider, for one, getting out of these cities. But maybe, I don't know, moving to Sharon, Mexico, a, a government, a, the, the stateless region in Mexico where the people have taken over, kicked out the government and the cartels, or find yourself an island, my friend, because here's what's going to happen. You are going to see people protest the draconian and fascistic Nazi-like controls. They're then going to say these protests, these protests are a super spreader event, and we've got to send everybody the, to, to the quarantine facility for their own good and safety. That's right. If you defy their government mandates, they need only say, oh, what's that? You're positive for COVID, mate. There you go. Then here comes the train car and they say, hop on board. Do not get in it. I hope you remember that one from history. Do not get in the cable uh, in the train car. When it comes to kidnappings, they always say I was watching this video on on um, like I can't remember. It was like a, it was like a story about a woman who was almost kidnapped. They say, if you are ever being kidnapped, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not giving you this advice, look into it, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I was watching this video where they said this. If you are ever about to be kidnapped, do everything you can to prevent them from getting you to the secondary location. Prevent it by any means necessary. When you are out in public and a car pulls up, there was, it, was like, it was like this woman and they tried snatching her and she screamed and attacked and punched and didn't stop fighting. And they threw her out. Because what happens is once they get you to the secondary location, your chance of survival drops dramatically down to almost nothing. But when you're in public and they're trying to transport you, that's when they're at their highest risk. That's when you must resist by any means necessary. If the government comes and tells you they're going to put you in a concentration camp like the, like the Nazis were doing, you have a choice. Your, you, you, your life ends there. Maybe you'll, you'll be lucky, like many of the survivors of the Holocaust, but how many didn't have that, have that luck? Maybe it, 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 we're getting to that point where you need to get away. You need to get away from these cities. You need to, to find somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You need to be responsible for yourself. You need to start reading how to take care of yourself because this is the breakdown, my friends. We have seen massive protests. So there's a video right now from Rebel News. You, got, you, you know the... Uh, um, Avi, uh, Avi Yemeni, Avi, is that, am I getting your name wrong? Anyway, he's got a crew. They're down. They're reporting in Australia. And they put up this video this morning where they're going to an unauthorized protest. Since when were protests authorized? You're protesting. You're saying F you to something. Who's going to authorize it? So they pull over the journalists who have work permits and passes. And the degenerates, the police officers who pull them over, and they are spineless, pathetic degenerates, Pull them over and say, actually, we're subscribers. Oh, we're fans. 
but you're going to get a 5,000, you're, you're going to, uh, I don't know what he says, a $1,000 fine or whatever, because you're outside of your five kilometer radius. And the journalists are like, we have work permits. We're allowed to be here. And they call their, their lawyer and the lawyer says, you are allowed to be here, but the police may still take action against you. You want to talk about a degenerate? You want to come out and talk about degenerates? How about a cop who says, I'm a subscriber to your content and I will arrest you on the spot. Oh, please stop backing these people. Abolish the Australian police. New South Wales, get them out of there. Stop defending cops because I'm telling you this right now. It will come to the US. Don't believe me? Let's talk about it. California siblings are permanently excluded from charter school for refusing to wear masks for religious reasons, and teacher even evacuated classroom when one of the teens ignored request to leave. They then called the police who showed up and said, get out. Now, okay, if we're dealing with private property, I get it, I get it. But take a look at these lockdowns. Remember the story of Texas where the police with smiles on their faces, depraved and twisted Joker like grin, Joker like grins, arrested a small business owner and put her in jail and said, just following orders. Oh, don't blame me. The other night we had uh, uh, Daniel uh, Turner and Jack Basobic on uh, Tim Cast IRL. And I respectfully disagree with Daniel when he said you can't blame the individual cops. It's the people giving the orders. I said, no, it's not. That's so, I'm sorry, man. No, wrong. You want to know who's to blame for all of this? If you're looking for the culprit, you need only look into a mirror. That's right. I know why you did it. You were scared. Remember watching V for Fendetta? It's funny how we can make these movies and say these things that we know to be true, that are represented in fiction. And when it happens in the real world, do we just forget it? Now, those of you watching this, I would suspect that most of you are not the ones who need to look into a mirror. To be quite honest, you're the ones watching this content and being defiant and standing up for your rights. But the people of Australia, the, these police officers, they need only look into the mirror. And these regular mom and pop shops, I'll tell you this, in New York City. Now, there's a big protest in New York. They're, the, uh, they, the, they're saying no to the mandates and things like that. But if the people of New York want to look for the guilty party, they need only look in the mirror. They vote for these people, they defend these people, or they ignore these people. They give their power either through negligence or because they willfully do it. Or maybe they oppose Bill de Blasio and his, his Nazism. Then what happens is when he gives his Nazi decree, they say, eh, we're just going to do whatever he says. There are some shops. We have seen in one story where they put up a big sign in the window saying, we won't discriminate, we won't do it. Good for them, heroes. But everyone else, you bear the responsibility. I will not sit here and pretend like Bill de Blasio, a villain, is the real problem. Because a villain without his henchmen is just a guy ranting about things he wants to do, but can't. No, the villain requires the henchman to do the groundwork to enact his dreams and his vision. And if you want to serve the villains, that's your choice. If the villains come out and issue illegal orders, which Bill de Blasio's order is illegal, he's being sued over it, but they know that the courts are too slow to catch up to this. And it is illegal, statutory law, a violation of the ADA. They know that you, you, you can't make any moves. And even if the courts say no, they'll do it anyway. Look at Joe Biden. When the court said you cannot 
impose an eviction moratorium. Supreme Court. Biden went, do it anyway. Just just tell them we're doing it. You think it's not going to come here. It is here. It's not the same thing, but the authoritarianism is happening. Now, of course, in Australia and in other parts of the country and in parts of the world, they use COVID as an excuse to gain power and to manipulate. In the US, they're doing a variety of things. The eviction moratorium is destroying the livelihoods of retirees and mom and pop landlords. That is to say, you know, people who have like a three flat and they live in the basement, and rent out two floors. And that, you know, is, you know, helps maintain their, their, their income or their retirement. It's not hurting uh, the big investment firms. They don't care. They can absorb the cost and get a bailout from the Federal Reserve if they have to. Too big to fail, right? It's happening. These, these California siblings, they have a religious reason not to wear a mask. And the police are called. They say school resource officers were called when Victoria refused to leave the classroom. I need you to stand up or we will have to physically remove you from the classroom, said the principal to her. These cops, they're the villains. They are. You know, when I think about the Legion of Doom, right, the, 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 the consortium of villains in the DC comics, sure, I mean, Lex Luthor tended to be the brains behind it, but all of these villains carried out his whims. These officers right here, ejecting these students and willing, and, and willing to enforce this, even though I get it, I get it, there's private property issues, charter school, still don't care. The police officers, if they were the heroes who were working for the Justice League, would be the ones saying, sorry, you deal with it. I'm not going to get involved. You want to talk about your property? It's your personal responsibility. I'm not intervening over these unjust and unconstitutional and psychotic orders. Instead, what do the cops do? Well, you know, I'm just being told to do it. And then the conservatives go, oh, don't blame the cop. He's just being told to do it. I love it. As if like when the henchmen come down and kidnap people, it's like, I can't blame the henchmen. I mean, truly, it was the villain's uh, fault. What did we learn from the Nuremberg trials? Oh, that's right. In the Nuremberg trials, they said, well, we've heard the testimony from all of these Nazis and they said they were just following orders. So we've concluded they're right and they're all free to go. No, that's not what happened. We locked them up. I think we killed some of them. Israel tracked a bunch down, going to Argentina and going to Brazil, going to Norway and Sweden, tracking down these people who know you do not get to just walk away from what you did. And the same will happen to all of these cops. And good. I can't wait to see each and every one of you officers who are willing to drop down and, and suck the boots of the villains. I can't wait to see the people rise up against you. And then you go, but I was just doing what I was told. You have a choice. You can say no to unconstitutional illegal edict. But you don't care, do you? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not talking to the cops who have quit, resigned, or refusing to enforce these orders. I'm talking to the cops who are literally going like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah, there will come a time when the people won't stand up for this. You know why? If there's one thing we have learned from history, although it ebbs and flows and there's the rise of dictators and fascism and authoritarianism, one thing is true. Freedom wins every single time. And that'll be true for the Communist Party of China. And that'll be true for everyone else. Why? Because you are not smart enough to control all of the people. But perhaps there is change coming. Perhaps there will be artificial intelligence, which can bolster the control. Perhaps there's fourth and fifth generational warfare. But I'm sorry, they couldn't get rid of Alex Jones. He's getting tons of views on his new website, Band.video. They try to take down Gab. Gab just rebuilds its own infrastructure. 
You can't do it. It doesn't work. People are defiant. And sooner or later, your centralization of power falters because it cannot properly maintain this many people for one simple reason. You may think you are a better man and you are just in controlling the lives of the people, but you are no smarter than the average person. And then when you go up against a decentralized network of those who are of comparable intelligence to you, you as an individual cannot compete against one million people all planning and calculating. More importantly, you cannot retain their confidence. So I say to those in Australia, do you think those building these camps that you're going to escape this? Well, I'll tell you this. The Soviet Union lasted about 69 years, and boy, they did a really lot, a whole lot of awful things. And many of these really awful people weren't held to account because well, they lived their natural lives and died. Maybe that's what they're betting on. But I'll tell you this. These cops, they're going to be the, they're, they're going to be the ones who are going to be uh, hunt, are going to be hunted down, put on trial and, and, and imprisoned and all of that stuff that comes along with it. The wealthy elites They'll feign ignorance. They'll flee. They'll fly their plane somewhere else. And it'll be the police officers who are left holding the bag. And I can't wait to see it. Not to the good officers who are saying, I won't enforce this stuff. And they're backing away. Respect, mad respect to the rest of you who are simply saying, you know, look, if my boss told me to arrest someone, I got to do my job to the police officers who went to Attila's gym in New Jersey and enforced the lockdown and started arresting people. I can't wait to see your neighbors turn on you. I can't wait to see the look in your eyes when you realize you were the villain the whole time. You're the bad guy. Have you ever considered it? You're the bad guy and the people around you hate your guts. They say history is written by the victors and freedom tends to win out. The Chinese Communist Party has been in, in power for some time. So we'll see how things play out. And with America now facing, uh, uh, you know, this crisis and the rise of authoritarianism, it does leave me worried, I suppose, that maybe this is the time when we get the dark period, 100, 200, 300 years of darkness. But I'm not convinced. The human spirit cannot be tamed. It will not be crushed, though there are many people who will bend the knee and bow down or cheer along with the rise of despotism. I believe that there's always more than enough people to say no. There are more than enough people who are willing to die for their rights than there are people who are willing to die trying to take them away. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to get worse here in the U.S. It's starting. We're starting to see that expansion. We're starting to see. I mean, what we're seeing in Australia is Australia is gone. You think I'm kidding? They're building camps, people. When you have a protest against the government, they'll just say it's a super spreader event. And then they will put you in the camp. And then what? Speak now or forever hold your peace. I'll see you all at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out.